0: Setting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya.
0: All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and, Nick, there was a video, and you and I talked a lot about Pat Sertan uh, and the play at the end of the game. And, and for those that haven't checked out Nick's Twitter, he did a great breakdown of the play, uh, why it happened, uh, where Sertan can maybe learn from that play um, You know, there in overtime that ended up being the game winner. But, Nick, I don't know if you saw the video of Devontae Adams after the game on the field. Uh, yelling into the camera, uh, he's too young. He's not there yet. Talking <laughs> about Pat Sertan, oh yeah, um, uh, which I thought was uh, and some some good smack talk. I felt like old Broncos Raiders. I know the Broncos and Raiders are uh, you know not um, you know as good as they used to be when the rivalry was really at its peak. But it feels like uh, Devontae Adams and Pat Sertan could maybe spark a, a new rivalry there between the two teams.
1: You know what? Uh, to be totally honest, yes, um, I did see the, the the video and him yelling into uh, of the camera, and uh, for me, it was one of those things where I, I knew Devonte had that in him. We know just 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 knowing how he is, uh, and it's not that he's an arrogant guy. He's very confident. And let's go back to the first game where these two teams faced off in uh, Las Vegas. Devontae Adams didn't have one of those Devontae Adams types of games, and he heard all the noise about how great Patrick Sertan was and how he shut him down. Truth be told, that's exactly what happened. He didn't have a great game against Patrick Sertan, even though he had uh, you know some yards in that game, but it wasn't a Devontae Adams game like we saw on Sunday. So with the game on the line, Patrick Sertan in coverage, you make that walk-off touchdowns. Absolutely, especially for a team that was 2-6 and six coming into the game on Sunday and they beat their division rival twice with Josh McDaniels as a, as their head coach, of course, he was going to say something about it, but you alluded to something that's real, really important. When we look at this rival, right, a rivalry, you know, it hasn't really lived up to those expectations. This could have been the play that lights the flame that reignites that rivalry between the two teams and knowing as though. Uh, Devontae Adams has a long contract with the Raiders and Pat Sertan is in the second year and he's not going anywhere. We're going to see more of this battle and knowing Patrick Sertan, the way I know him, but more importantly knowing his dad, the way I know him, he's a little pissed off. He was a little emotional after the game because you know, that play was on him. But at the same time, this is a kid that is going to raise and elevate his level of play. And look, That play, George, would have got me. It would have got Champ Bailey because it was the perfect adjustment. If you go back to the second half of the Broncos game, the Raiders ran the same formation, same play. Kareem Jackson came down on the opposite side, right? But Kareem underplayed the ball, and that's the play where Devontae caught the ball and fell on the ground and should have gained more yards. They came right back to it. And I knew what, what Pat Sertan was trying to do. He was trying to beat Adams on a deep over route then he just anticipated wrong, and it ended up being a touchdown. But at, at the sake of saying, you know, wanting to see more of this battle between these two guys, that play, those comments have only ignited the flame inside of PS2 and rejuvenated this rivalry between the Broncos and the Raiders. What say you? Yeah, no,
0: I think 100%. And those are two, those are two guys... I mean, come on. Devontae Adams is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Patrick Sertan right now could make an argument for being the best corner in the NFL. They're in the same division. Uh, You know, look, Pat Sertan may not be there yet, according to Devontae Adams, but he will be there soon. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that we've seen it all year, Nick. He had one, I wouldn't even say it was a bad game. Uh, He had maybe one bad play, right? He gets beat on one bad play. Uh, And that happens in, in, Honestly, you watch him and, and the way that it happens, like you said, he was he was thinking it was going. You know, he was he was already like, hey, they ran this play. Yep. I know where the ball's going. And a lot of guys wouldn't even be thinking about that. Nope. So uh, again, you get beat on one play by one just spectacular player. It's gonna happen. Uh, I love the smack talk. Uh, I love Sertan being pissed off after the game. Uh, it just tells me that he's gonna he's gonna get better. I mean, look, the guys of like you said, his dad. Uh, he's of 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 the the pedigree to be a great player in this league, went to Alabama. I mean, he's played at the highest levels. Pat Sertan's gonna be just fine. Uh, I just I kind of like the smack talk from Devontae Adams because I do think it gives this rivalry a little bit of a spark. But Nick, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about on the defensive side of the football is, and, and Nathaniel Hack was asked about this yesterday, is the pressure. Uh, the Broncos didn't, didn't really get after Derek Carr, I think that a lot of us thought they would. Uh, Baron Browning was back. He was close. I don't know if you saw, Nick. He was close on a couple of plays. Even on that final drive before overtime, he was so close to strip sacking. Derek Carr just couldn't get there. We didn't see much of Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, Jacob Martin, those guys who played so well uh, in Tennessee. We didn't really see them get after the, after the quarterback. Are you worried at all about the edge pressure? And, and obviously, they still continue. They have some depth there but they've also got some guys banged
1: up. I'm not overly concerned, but it is something that's on my mind because when you look at uh, what has been the catalyst for this Broncos defense plan as well as they play, it has a lot to do with uh, edge pressure. Sometimes it's not just stacking the quarterback, but forcing the quarterback into somewhat of an error throw and knowing as of late that the Broncos have not been able to do it. I will even go back to the Thursday night game in overtime against the Colts when, you know, Baron Browning injured his hip and he had to, I think it was a wrist. I'm sorry. It was a wrist injury and he had to come out. The moment he came out that changed the complexity of the game and Matt Ryan was able to move the ball down the field. So you fast forward to uh Sunday against the Raiders, Russell Wilson was sacked three times, Derek Carr once. And you're right. There were several players who got closed, but that doesn't end up on a stat sheet as far as, hey, you were close here and there. It's all about being able to make plays. And when we think about the Broncos and why they've had trouble, is it's the fact that you're, you're not making as many plays as your opposition, especially when the game is uh, in a closeout situation. On that last play that Derek Carr found uh, Devontae Adams on, on that double move, just consider what that was. If you're going to run a double move like that, your offensive line has to do a great job in protection. Once again, you go back to the first half on that same play. They did a great job in allow Carr to just sit there, sit there, and wait for that deep over to take place. And Nick Benito, he was close. He was close, but he didn't make the play. So PSU ended up being exposed overrunning the play and then trying to anticipate. But that's what it comes down to. I mean, you you have to be able to impact the quarterback in any fashion you can, a sack or pressure. The one thing it brings up is that how important and valuable that Randy Gregory is than we actually thought. So I can't wait for him to come back, but Baron Browning was just returning from that that hip injury that held him out for a couple of weeks. So I just felt as though he wasn't himself, but I'm sure this week against Carolina, I anticipate or expect, for this edge pressure to be a little more than what they were on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and Hackett said uh, Gregory's day-to-day, so maybe they get him back this week. Uh, Like you said, Baron Browning coming off the hip injury. He was close a couple times. Uh, He did have a really nice tackle for loss in the game. The the only sack, though, Nick, uh, came from Josie Jewell, which just tells you that the only time they were able to really get any real pressure on Carr was when they brought an extra guy, uh, obviously off the edge or, or up the middle, whatever it was. I can't remember, but there wasn't a whole lot of, winning your one-on-one battles on the edge there. And that's what you need from those guys. But here's Nathaniel Hackett uh, on DenverBroncos.com talking about uh, the concern of the edge pressure. Uh, I mean, when it comes to the pass rush, we obviously, you know, we have to do better. Uh, and that starts with the coaches it's, and then the players and everybody. we got to get to the quarterback. We're always trying to find ways for that. I thought there were some really good pass situations that we did get some pressure on them. We uh, Alex got that one sack. We backed him up, and then uh, I know uh, Josie had one, and uh, that's something we're always looking to try to generate pressure on the quarterback. I'm looking at the stats from the game here, Nick, and he mentioned Alex Singleton. And I remember Alex Singleton having a sack, but why is he not listed on the stat sheet as a sack?
1: You know, I I don't know sometimes uh, that you know the statistician probably gets things uh, incorrect. But we saw the what the Raiders were doing to the Broncos, and as though the offensive line wasn't uh, hadn't shown that they can pick up certain uh, stunts. They kept sending uh, Denzel Perman. and I think he had two or three quarterback hits on on Russell, and and it just seemed as though those gaps, those A gaps, were just wide open. So hopefully the Broncos can fix that. You would like to see Azura Evero go to that, but I understood what he was trying to uh, do as far as keep his linebackers uh, uh, back. But once again, I'll, I'll say this, man. I, I'm still uh, proud of what Josie Jewel is putting on tape and what Alex Singleton is putting on tape as well. There were two plays that, you know, one for each guy that you would like to take back. But at the same time, man, I mean, a game doesn't come down to one single play or one single player because there's 60 minutes, And it's a a team game. So I hope this loss burns in their mind. And because it was a division rival, and I know they lost, you know, to the Tennessee Titans last week, but hopefully it burns uh, in their mind and get them fired up to uh, face a Carolina Panthers team that's uh, having their issues themselves and try to get a victory. Nick, you brought up a
0: point I wanted to ask you about is, is the game, the game plan, the defensive game plan. Uh, It felt like it was a little bit different than the last time they played the Raiders uh, in terms of what they were doing on on a few things. Do you think that the the game plan was the right plan in terms of covering Devontae Adams? Because last time they played, and and they did this some too the other day, but the last time they played, Sertan just shadowed Adams the entire game. And it it was man coverage, covered him on almost every single play. Uh, This time around, it didn't seem that way. I mean, and the Raiders did some things. To combat that, they moved him in the slot. They motioned him a bunch. Uh, did you did you like the
1: game plan that they had defensively for this game? Yeah, I was okay with the game plan. I mean, it's the same thing sometimes with the offense on a given play. I mean, the same rules doesn't apply for this offense because it's play calling and it's execution. And what we've seen this season is a breakdown of one or two of those things with uh, the offense. But on defense, I, I love the game plan, but it came down to execution. Right on the the plays that Pat Sertan uh, was covering, uh, Devontae Adams, it was execution. You know, Kareem Jackson wasn't where he needed to be, ended up in a touchdown. Right, Pat Sertan trying to make a play, the Raiders made a better play, got him on that one, execution. Then you look at stopping Josh Jacobs on certain plays, execution. You're talking about not winning your one on one battles on that last play in overtime, but throughout the entire game. That's execution, right? So sometimes it comes down to the players and execution, but that rule only applies to the defense side of the ball, not so much uh, the offense. So hopefully uh, these guys get a chance to uh, have looked over the film and saw where they could have been better and could have won on certain plays and just try to do that this week against Carolina. Well, yeah, and one guy I
0: wanted to point out, Nick, that I, I think is actually playing really good on the defensive side uh, and maybe we don't talk about him enough, is Damari Mathis. Uh, I don't know if you saw that from him as well on Sunday. You know, look, he 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 can get better in coverage at times. Obviously, you know, you look back at that Chargers game, how far he's come from that game. But he's really impressed me at that other corner spot. He's really physical, comes up, makes tackles in the run game. Uh, I think that kid's got, got a bright future at corner. I don't know if, if that's how you feel. But he kind of stood out to me the other day as as, as a guy that, Uh, Is playing some good football right now for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's in a a difficult spot, but a great spot. And what I mean by that, you are playing opposite PS2, so you're going to take a lot of shots. People are going to come at you. But the one thing that I love about his attitude is that, yeah, has he he been penalized for holding and things like that and advance the ball for the opponents? Absolutely, but he's never gotten down on himself. He just used that to just kind of move him forward. But here's the other thing. He is tackling it's not the fact that he's a willing tackler. Is a guy that he wants to tackle, and that helps out well. He had one, he had a great tackle against Josh Jacobs, which was one-on-one tackle, and that showed me a rate of confidence that he has. So I'm okay with his development, and I'm cool with him, but this is only going to make the Broncos better moving into next season, knowing as though Darby is coming off an of injury, and I think his contract may be up too uh, as well. So now the Broncos still have their two bookend corners, maybe go out in the draft. And uh, pick up a, another corner as well, but I like what I've seen from Mathis this far.
0: Yeah, Darby's got I think one year left on his contract. That I don't know if it's like a option type thing where the Broncos could opt to not bring him back. But um, you know, I, I just I just really like Demar's game. I think he's been playing really well. Uh, and want to make sure we mention him. But Nick, we got to take a quick break, uh, and then let's dive into uh, some some Thanksgiving. Uh, some some what are we thankful for? What are the Broncos thankful for? Uh, And also maybe talk a little bit about this Panthers matchup coming up on Sunday.